0: the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. This is one of the most important episodes that we've ever recorded about CPTSD, so please stick around because I think that you'll gain a lot of value out of it. Today's episode, I learned some information from a Delta Force operator named Tyler Gray who explained PTSD or CPTSD in a way that I have never heard it before. And if you are one of the subscribers or listeners to our show, then I know that it's a way that is going to resonate with you in the same powerful way that it did with me. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, I'm not sure who... S- sent me an interview, um, and the guest on that interview was a Delta Force operator named Tyler Gray. And he's talking about his experience in combat and just going through his story and everything that led to the aftermath, which then led to what most people would call a diagnosis of PTSD. But he pointed out that. PTSD actually has nothing to do with the military or critical level, level, critical level jobs. And I think that is the the most important thing for us to just pause for a second and talk about, because when we hear the term PTSD, at least in my sphere of influence, we almost never relate it to experiences outside of first responders and armed service members. There are exceptions to that, right? We know, um, of traumatic instances that somebody can go through where, of course, they might develop PTSD symptoms. But what he was getting at was we cannot act like PTSD is because of the military or because of being a first responder, because there there is no such thing as as having it be an exclusive. It's not exclusive because of the profession is what he's getting at.
1: Yeah, it's something that I think anybody in any state of mind can be ex- have exposure to a PTSD or that traumatic incident that can trigger a PTSD reaction or have that associated to them. And it's recognizing it and, and knowing what it is. But, you know, I think All in all, if you were to ask 100 people on the street what is PTSD or who's affected by PTSD, they would say, oh, military, oh, law enforcement, oh, firefighters. You know, they would kind of go down that route because there's been a there's there's kind of this umbrella of this is who's affected by it, not just everybody.
0: Yeah. And this special forces operator is trying to get the point across that we need to stop saying that PTSD is because of these professions, which I think is a fantastic point number one. And he says that he made up a term and the term that he made up is called LTSD. And he says that it stands for lack of traumatic stress disorder. And just um, bear with me here because I'm going to try to break it down in the same way that he did, but he says that this LTSD term that he made up is that when you are good, when you have been trained to be good in stress or chaos, then you have been reversed wired so that when it's calm, the chaos is in your mind. Hmm. I thought that was so powerful because it's very true. So, Clint, you're a first responder, so we're going to use this example for law enforcement starting from the day that you enter the academy, the entire essence of your training revolves around you learning how to develop the skills and the discipline to have a calm mind during times of stress and chaos.
1: Yeah. It's that ongoing instance, like everybody's out to kill you. Everybody is in, in are your, cause you're responding to the worst of the worst and the number one thing is we always want to protect others and ourselves, and and doing that, you can't respond. If you respond in a panicked effort, like it's not going, it's going to be worse than what it originally was. So, your mind is absolutely conditioned to live in that chaos and know how to work through it as time goes on.
0: Yeah, so you've been reversed wired constantly, right? Whether you're a first responder, you're in the armed service, and the training is all about becoming disciplined, aka reverse engineering the wiring in your mind because the natural response To a chaotic situation would be a chaotic response. So you're learning how to not respond that way. And so then what happens is you go home, maybe you are no longer deployed, for example, or you finally get off shift and you're trying to wind down when you're at home or go to sleep, for example, as a first responder or an armed service member. Then what happens is when you're in the calm, then back Home. When you're in the calm, there's still this chaos that wants to exist in your mind. You're still seeking out that sort of adrenaline rush. And it is very difficult for you to have things be stabilized or at a baseline because your mind doesn't want to do that. Your mind has been conditioned to do it the opposite.
1: Yeah. You keep preparing for, okay, what's going to happen next? Where, how do I need to react? Like you, you start wrapping your head around different scenarios and it just, when there's, when you're in your kind of home safe environment, you're preparing for the next big thing.
0: Yeah. If you're calming the chaos and then you go back home and it's calm, then you need the chaos in your environment. So subconsciously, we had this tendency to create the chaos. So what does that mean? That means that we perhaps do reckless or dangerous things or make reckless decisions or have reckless habits. I'm thinking of a lot of your partners in particular, Clint, who have quite reckless habits. Maybe it might not seem reckless to some people, but um, if we were to just take the sum of everything, it could be as simple as purchasing that motorcycle or a lot of people might turn to reckless habits like excessive drinking or substance abuse and things along those lines.
1: Yeah. I think if you really broke it down, I think we all have those reckless habits that we've kind of leaned into because you're always you're always striving to get that adrenaline rush or you're striving to be in that chaos all the time because you don't know any better. You're you've been reverse wired to that point of all you know is that chaos.
0: Yeah. And so then the question is, what do we do about it? And the recommendation would be to know that you are probably not going to be go- be able to go back to the way that things once were. And if you are, it's probably going to take a really long time to do that. An example is a retired police officer. We talk about the difficulties of retired police officers all of the time, and it is for this very reason. They are seeking out that that chaos during the calm, and it's very hard to be able to manage life when you no longer go to work where that exists, where you were once used to that existing every single day. And so you still need to have things that are going to allow your subconscious mind to think that you are responding in a way that is that is being responded to in the chaos and to do it in a healthy way. And so some alternatives might be things like going to the gym, right? Listening to that loud music or keeping your mind busy by joining a sport, let's say. There's a lot of healthy things that you could do, but I think it also boils down to creating a schedule that allows you to make sure that you're doing those things on a regular basis because this has a tendency to creep up on you when you least expect it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you want to get to that point to where you're rewiring to where you're able to have that sense of normalcy, because it's not only hard on yourself, but it's hard on your spouse, your family. And, and it's something that if you're always trying to chase that, that high, that, that chaos, then for that mindset of, of someone who's not rewired, it's, you're going to be sought after as there's something wrong with you when really there's not. It's just you've been trained to that degree.
0: Well, and I also think that if spouses understand this concept and know that if your spouse is in a high-stress environment, especially where they are being trained for chaos, then you understand that some of the reactions or the actions or the lack of actions maybe – that might be a byproduct of the way that they're experiencing the calm. And so what that might mean is asking, having a conversation about what the other person might want to do in order to fill that void, so to speak. A lot of people don't know what to do and are so uncomfortable with sitting in silence or sitting with themselves that that's when they navigate towards some of those unhealthy behaviors. And it's just information, right? Because if we're not understanding this concept, if we know, have no knowledge of it, then how are we to, to rectify it? So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below, and as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.